Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we take a look at what temporary changes Disney has implemented that we'd like to see become permanent. Find all episodes of this podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts. And we'd really appreciate it if you could take the time to leave us a positive review. Connect with us anytime, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at www.deciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. If you're looking to plan a Disney vacation for 2020 or 2021, you can let Joe be your travel agent at no cost to you by emailing him, josephchung at travelmation.net. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As The Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips With Tykes. Welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So, Leslie was, where were you last week? I was in Yosemite National Park last week, taking my first pandemic-era vacation, but very socially distanced. Excellent, excellent. And I think we might record a short trip report for that for our Patreon subscribers. So, you know, if you are a Patreon subscriber, you can... Look out for that. Uh, if you're not and you want bonus content, normally it's about Disney World, but, you know, difficult times. Uh, you can check us out on patreon.com slash Disney Deciphered. Speaking of patrons, we have a patron, Sam C., who shot me a very helpful email. You know, thanks again to Brennan for sharing us his experience at the parks last week. You know, Sam C., was also in the park, so he had a couple pieces of advice to sh- share. You know, the first, I've been hearing this from actually a lot of people, but he said Disney Springs is like way too crowded. People are not actually good with the masks there, so he did not feel comfortable there, so him and his family left. He also wanted to give a point in favor of rope dropping, I guess, just because if you do rope drop, then you can finish everything in the first couple hours and, you know, you can have the rest of your day free, which I, I understand. I We were talking later and it, it really seems like right now you can just look at the weather the night before and decide what's going to be the best time to go and play it by ear, which still blows my mind what Disney World is like right now. Yeah, it's a brave new world. Fair point. This is a this is definitely a moving target in terms of strategy. And one more tip that he has is, you know, if you have the Touring Plans Lines app, it's still useful to see how actual weights are because, you know, because of the way the queues are spreading out into the parks and stuff like that, like Brendan said, sometimes it's tough to estimate what the actual time is. Although he did say, you know, if you don't see a queue extending past the normal queue space, like if you don't see it filling out into the actual park, normally it's not longer than 15 to 20 minutes, which makes sense, right? Given all the social distance. The last thing he said is if there are big parties, sometimes even that 10 feet space between social distancing lines gets a little tight. Bear that in mind, maybe stand two lines back. Um, So lots of great advice. So thanks, Sam C. And thanks again also, Brennan, for last week's episode. Absolutely. I enjoyed being a listener of the podcast for once instead of a participant. So refreshing. So refreshing, I'm sure. So today what we're going to do is, you know, we are going to take some of these changes that Disney has implemented temporarily and talk about which ones we'd like to see become permanent because, you know, there's a lot of changes. Disney World obviously looks very different right now. And of course, we're going to be realistic, right? You know, it's easy to say that we want to see low crowds forever, but that's just not realistic. So We're going to take seven changes today that we think Disney could and we hope they would implement permanently. So let's get started, Leslie. What's the first thing that we've seen Disney change for these COVID-19 times that we'd like to see them make permanent? 
So my favorite change, and this is my, again, my Disneyland bias showing, is the 60-day dining reservations. I rarely plan Disney World vacations 180 days in advance or certainly don't have my strategy and my you know park touring plan sketched out 180 days in advance. And so I'm never getting like the primo, primo dining reservations. So I really love the 60-day. I think it is plenty of time for people to make their plans, but, you know, and get some of the the best reservations, but not have to just like make a year of their life about planning Walt Disney World. Yeah, I still don't know what that feels like, but I do know that I don't like deciding six months in advance. So I totally agree. That is a change that I definitely like to see stick around. I think there's a good chance that it will. So we will see how that goes. The second change that we want to see, you know, I guess I'll stay on the dining kick and that is the increase of mobile ordering for quick service restaurants right now you can only mobile order and i think as people get used to it it's just a more efficient way to order even though you know like we have lamented that the mobile order lines are going to get longer and we used to use it as a hack to get through lines quickly but still i think mobile ordering becoming adopted overall permanently is just going to be better at least for quick service i know that right now it's there's some mobile aspects of table service that you probably don't want to see stick around is that right leslie I sort of think if you're paying the big bucks for a table service restaurant, you should have the full waiter experience and like a nice menu when it's safe, of course, to touch them. But for for a quick service, for sure, the mobile ordering is so much more efficient and it will only get better as the IT gets better with time. And, and yes, Disney IT, I think, can get better, <laughs> you know, grading on a curve here. But but yeah, I think it will get more efficient. I mean, one of the things that happened at Disneyland when more people started doing mobile order, like say when Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opened, is that it just, it was overwhelming the system, but everything does adjust and people, you know, the demand at certain restaurants evens out. And I think that things will trend in that direction at Walt Disney World as well. Yeah, I definitely think that will be good. So besides dining, you know, what are some other things that we think we'd like to see stick around permanently? So I really love, based upon what I've seen on videos on Instagram and Twitter, I really love the character cavalcades and all the different parks. It's such, I mean, I'm not much of a parade person, and it's such a sort of mini parade where you don't have all the investment of time and camping out, and you get a lot of the same payoff on a smaller scale, I think. So I think it also will help distribute crowds better long term when they do return more to the park instead of just like having a giant pathway through the parks clogged up with a parade route. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be more realistic in the sense that I feel like they're going to bring back parades. You know, it's just such a I don't know. I'd just be surprised. It's, it's such a quintessential Disney experience. However, I'd still like to see these random character cavalcades or interactions happen, especially, you know, I don't know if you've seen what they've been doing at Epcot, but like Joy and Winnie the Pooh have been like going out on the lawn and just kind of like acting and like playing with the crowd from a very far distance. Like Joy has been pretending to mow the lawn and stuff like that. I don't know if you've seen that, but you know that stuff looks super cute right now. Totally. I've seen a couple of videos of that. And that, I mean, that's so low cost for Disney. They have one character and how many people are being entertained. So yeah, I do hope a lot of those stay. And then of course, there are parks like Animal Kingdom where there really isn't the giant parade situation there. So it brings more life to those parks. Yeah. So, you know, these character interactions, it'd be great to see some of them stick around. You know, I think it could be a both and situation, even uh, with the parades coming back when they eventually 
agreed, we want both of them Disney. We want parades and cavalcades. We want it all. Yes. You've been close for four months. We're going to be very demanding. So whenever, uh, whenever it is safe to do so, of course. The next thing that we'd like to see stick around, you know, I think this is a really big one. And I was thinking about it logistically. It'll be tricky, but I think they can do it. This multiple release times for the Rise of the Resistance virtual queue and boarding groups, they have changed it so that it's now only twice a day, 10 and 2. But still, I think having multiple chances to get boarding groups, but still limiting people to one boarding group per day. You know, I think that's the way to go. It's just going to make the whole entire process less crazy. And even before the pandemic, people were kind of complaining about the whole wake up at 5 a.m. to line up thing and get into the park in time. So, you know, what do you think about the Rise of the Resistance virtual queue? Do you think we might be able to see this happen? I sure hope so. This is probably my favorite change because, you know, even though you and I, when we took solo trips, Joe, we could get up at, you know, oh, dark 30 and get our spot in the queue. It's not a realistic strategy for families. They're on their special vacation and, you know, getting the teenagers out of bed that early is really just painful and it kind of wrecks the joy of a vacation for a lot of people. So I think having the multiple release times is better. It distributes crowds better. It actually makes... The transportation needs in the morning be more reasonable because there were a lot of people who were having to take Ubers or they would, you know, get to the bus and it would be, you know, it would be full or it wouldn't be running yet. It just a lot of sources of frustration with that early morning release time only. So I love this. I hope this stays. And I do think Disney will use more virtual queues over the course of the next couple of years when new attractions come out. So I hope that this is a permanent adjustment to all of that. Agreed. I think this is a change that we can all get behind and a change that we can all support. All right. What's next? What do you got? All right, Joe. I like the plexiglass. <laughs> you know, I, I don't I, know I how like many it times. It, it does not. I mean, obviously we haven't been there, but it doesn't look that bad. No, it doesn't look that bad. I mean, it doesn't really, you know, you can still see through it in the vast majority of places. And it does separate you from other people. And I don't know how many times, have you ever had a little kid like behind you in line or, or you know, across the, the bar from you in line, like grab your leg thinking that you're <laughs> their mom or dad? I have. So yeah. I like a little separation from other people. To be and fair, I think, I think it, little kids can still grab through the bars, but yeah. Darn it. Darn it. But <laughs> it creates a little more separation. And I think that's nice because I definitely sometimes just feel a little bit claustrophobic at Disney World when crowds are high and having that extra separation and room to yourself is kind of refreshing. So what do you think? Yeah, I agree. And I was actually thinking that although this is probably not good in terms of the germ situation, but those plexiglass dividers are probably nice to lean on when you're uh, feeling a little bit tired, even when the lines fill themselves back in. And so for some of the attractions, it doesn't look that great, but for a lot of them, it generally fits in. So it's not too bad. For sure. And I do think that that will probably stay up for an extended period of time because they've they've done all the work to install it. That probably will, will be the last thing that comes down if it ever does come down. Indeed. Uh, the next thing that we want to see stick around is the new security system where you just walk through, you take your metal stuff out, you hold it out in front of you, you don't open your bag, you just walk through. Only if you get called for a secondary screening do they have to go through your bag. It just seems so much more efficient, so much easier, and it's going to eliminate the bottlenecks. So I love this new security system. It's the way that a lot of 
places already do things and i think uh it'll be fine you know it should be able to they found those two guns at epcot this week so system seems to be working so you know i think we'll be okay with this new security system for sure and i always seem to be the person you know when i'm trying to pick a line i pick the wrong person you know the the guy or the girl that is going through every nook and cranny of the bag so <laughs> that that uh differential has now been eliminated which is great Yes, I think just being able to go through is going to make such a big, big difference. You know, it's just so stressful getting your stuff together, especially when you have the kids all uh, around. And it's a, a good thing, this new security system. All right. So for our seventh and final change that we want to see Disney implement permanently, I like these staggered park hours, Leslie. I think it just makes sense from a logistical standpoint because Disney is going to have to save money. I mean, they're still losing money now with the parks open. Like there's nobody there. They're definitely losing money. So they have to be more efficient with their transportation and all of that. So even when buses don't need to social distance anymore, I think having staggered park hours is going to make things more efficient. And, you know, I think overall also for the traffic in the overall campus, it's just not going to be as bad. So I like these staggered park hours. I also like that, uh, you know, for some parks, you don't have to wake up super early to rope drop if you still want to rope drop. So this whole open at 8, 9, 10, 11, I like it. You know, maybe staggered a little bit less, but if this sticks around, I'd be pretty happy. Yeah, for the most part, I like it too. I mean, I think it presents some real opportunities for Disney to optimize everything, you know, not just the transportation, but the guest flow. And then, you know, and maybe it could present some opportunities down the road for people who really do want to spend 14 or 16 hours in a park to be able to start early in one place and finish really late in another place. I mean, that's one of my biggest frustrations about Walt Disney World is when I go by myself, I want to be in a park a really long time and they all shut kind of early and they all start at kind of the same time. And I could go longer and harder. Not every family could, but I mean, some of the diehard crazies could. So, you know, I do that at Disneyland and I'm not able to do that at Disney World. Yeah, it's only open late in the summer and that's the time that like you cannot stay out that late because even at 11 p.m. in the summer, it's still super hot. So yeah, I'd uh, like to see that stick around. We also have some other suggestions from, again, our Patreon group. We have a Facebook group for our Patreon members. And so a couple nice ones here, again, from Sam C. He noted that in the parks, you know, they have all those hand sanitizer stations and also hand washing stations. And they're kind of not everywhere, but they are in a lot of places. So he'd like to see those stick around. What else do we have? The other suggestion we got from Amy C is that she really liked the pavilion that's next to Canada w during food and wine where people could go in and eat and, and uh, explore and enjoy some air conditioning. So that's, I know you and I have actually been in there for a special event and that is a really good space and a lot of people don't know it's there. So that is a, a good option. I think that should be utilized more down the road, especially as Epcot gets its big transformation eventually. Definitely. And then finally, so when I pitched this idea to Leslie, she was like, hey, did you know Patty had a post on this? So Patty, our friend at the No Guilt Disney podcast, she wrote an article that was basically the same idea. So as soon as Leslie told me this article existed, I was like, oh, shoot, okay, I better make my list before I see Patty's. And so I did look up Patty's after I was done making the list. And the one thing I missed that's on her list that needs a shout out is open trash cans. I totally forgot about this, but you do no longer have to push the trash can open. And I think that is a very big deal because I hate touch 
even pre-pandemic, I'm not a germaphobe, but I just do not like touching trash cans. And I always had to do that thing where I had to like push it open with enough force to throw my thing in and let it close without having to actually touch it. I'm down with the open trash cans sticking around forever. Totally. I am too. You know, always would see like some mustard or ketchup smeared on the door and you're like, Ooh, should I really be touching this? And you know, not a germaphobe either, but that was like definitely the grossest thing at Disney world to me. Glad that is, has been changed and hope that sticks around. Yes. Great shout, Patty. Great shout. Also, I should note that I did not used to be a germaphobe. Time will tell whether I have become a germaphobe during this pandemic, but uh, we will have to wait and see. All right. For today's Disney do or don't very quickly kind of related to Leslie taking a trip to Yosemite. My Disney do is if you've been stuck at home for a long time, like Leslie and I have just go somewhere. My wife and I took the kids on a day trip uh, just to the North shore of Boston, which is about half an hour away, you know, and we just went for a day, went for a short hike, um, had some fried seafood, you know, just getting out. If you haven't gone to go out yet. And if you feel like you're ready, you know, just go somewhere out local. I think it was really just good for our mental health to be out of our house for a little while. We also took a trip to see my parents. So that was good too. Um, But that was a bigger trip. But you know, Disney do or don't, if you can't get all the way down to Disney World right now, just go anywhere. I think it uh, does wonders for the soul, at least for me. I totally agree. We had been very, very cooped up. I, I realized I don't think we had left our county other than to go to a doctor's appointment like one minute outside of our county lines. So this was something that we really needed. And, you know, it, we were extremely, extremely careful. It is possible to do it, even if you're wanting to be as cautious as possible. Pack the Clorox wipes, pack the hand sanitizer. We didn't stop for bathroom breaks on the road. So it's it's really possible to do it, you know, depending upon where you pick your destination and the research that you do in advance. And uh, you can check out Leslie's post on that on tripswithtikes.com. I know that that's not necessarily a Disney do or don't, but like I said earlier in the episode, these are strange times. So we'd like to hear from you. What would you like to see Disney keep permanently? You can email us DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at www.deciphered or leave a comment on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We really appreciate it. We think that we will be breaking down some of the changes and how that will affect your planning in upcoming episodes. So keep an eye out for that. Other than that, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me, Leslie, and I will see you breezing through security without having to stop. Thanks, Joe.